Hello and welcome to the New Zealand Initiative podcast. My name is Ben Craven and today I'm joined by our Executive Director, Dr. Oliver Hartwich. G'day Oliver. Hi Ben. It was a big year for the New Zealand Initiative. I've just been crunching the numbers and it looks like we produced two policy points, seven research reports, 10 research notes, 20 submissions, and throughout the year we had over 400 mentions of our research in the media. Uh, Oliver joins me today to do a bit of a wrap-up, a bit of a review of the last 12 months and give us an overview of what we can expect to see in the year ahead. Oliver, can you take us through some of the big achievements um, from the New Zealand Initiative in this past year? I actually think um, there are many achievements and it is tempting to say, well, we had fantastic webinars. We had a webinar with uh, John Key on the next uh, GFC. We had webinars with um, Des Gorman and Mari Horn. So these events were fantastic. The publications were fantastic. And yet I think what a think tank does when it is successful, it is not hosting events, it's not publishing reports or making submissions, it's actually changing debates. And on this changing debates front, I think the initiative had a really good year. You just look at, um, for example, climate change. About a couple of years ago, hardly anyone talked about the ETS. And yet this is such an important policy because it really determines how we can really work on climate change and how we cut our emissions. We actually emphasized the ETS throughout, and we've been doing this now for two, three years, but 2021 was the year when everybody started talking about the ETS, and I think that is not least due to our advocacy in this field. So I think that was a great success for the initiative. We had other successes, actually. I heard many politicians, especially from ACT and National Talk about localism, decentralization, devolution. I heard a speech, actually, from the then-spokesperson for local government, Christopher Luxon, at the LGNZ conference in Blenheim, where he talked about the Swiss model, and he talked about his trip with the initiative to Switzerland. And, um, I mean, things have happened to Christopher Luxon since, but I believe that the whole of National now believes in localism and the Swiss model. So, again, this is something that we started many years ago. We took um, Christopher Luxon and many other CEOs to Switzerland in 2017, that's bearing fruit now. And only this week did he start talking about structured literacy and a knowledge-rich curriculum and a no longer student-led education system, but a teacher-centered education system, which is exactly what the initiative has been proposing for many years. Um, in the work of Briar Lipson, in the work of Steen Wiederbeck and many others, we've been making these points for years and now they have arrived in political debates. So when you ask me about the great successes, yep, we had many great events, great publications, but actually shifting debates in this kind of way. That's what think tanks are about. That's fantastic. A lot of those issues would have been completely off the table for our politicians just a number of years ago. So it shows, shows the influence of the New Zealand Initiative there. Um, it has been a really big year politically. So we've got our first majority government under MMP. The ACT Party began polling at New Heights and National has yet another leader. Uh, what were some of the political highlights and lowlights for you this year? Well, I think the big story of 2021 was the decline of Labour. So coming off this massive election victory, of course, uh, towards the end of 2020, you know, uh, a first absolute majority under MMP, unheard of actually before, and yet um, the government has not made the most of it. So the big story for me, politically speaking, is actually the decline of Labour from about 50% in the polls at the beginning of the year at to about 
40% um, at the end of it. Corresponding, of course, the resurrection of National, now under Chris Luxon. Also, of course, as you mentioned before, that act is riding high in the polls, actually until Chris Luxon, that probably shaved about 5% off. So it was quite a, a volatile year in New Zealand politics. The other observations, of course, that COVID dominated our political debates this year, unsurprisingly, because we were still dealing with um, MIQ and closed borders and the year of the vaccine, which uh, started quite slowly, but then it really gathered speed. And now we have one of the highest vaccination rates in the world. So COVID dominated basically everything. We didn't have time to really talk about much else, even though other debates would have deserved it. Absolutely. So take climate change, for example. We had the Climate Change Commission now produce um, first their draft report, then their final recommendations. Now we're waiting for the government to draw up their carbon budgets. So these are big issues that will shape how New Zealand performs over the next few decades. This will really shape the way the New Zealand economy operates. And yet we didn't spend nearly as much time talking about that. There are other big issues, the reforms in the labor market, the reforms to welfare, to social security. They would have deserved a lot more attention. And yet, of course, once um, the Auckland lockdown happened in mid-August, every other issue kind of fell by the wayside and we had to focus on COVID once again. So hopefully 2022 will be a bit different. I mean, COVID will not be gone. We will still be dealing with it, but I think other issues will be coming to the fore. That'll be quite refreshing, I think. So turning to 2022, I mean, crystal ball gazing is often a bit of a fool's errand. Um, even the best guesses can end up being a bit wrong, but but let's do it anyway. Um, I think we can make some pretty informed guesses of what's going to be on the agenda in 2022. What can we expect to see? Well, a lot of the government's uh, policy reform work um, was stalled this year because of COVID. I mean, Think of three waters, that's now delayed until next year. Think of mm. the climate budgets, they were supposed to happen before the end of the year. They will come probably around May now. In a similar kind of way, fair pay agreements, they also wanted to release uh, the details of that earlier, but now Business New Zealand has pulled out, so that's actually on hold. And similarly, um, with a social unemployment insurance program that was announced in budget, everybody expected to have the details by the end of the year. Well, it's the end of the year and we're still waiting. Mm -hmm. So what I expect to happen next year is that the government will try to play catch up with that because we only have three-year terms in New Zealand, of course. That means next year is the last chance, really, for the government to get this big reform agenda completed because 2023 is going to be an election year. It's really difficult to get serious reforms done while the parties are starting to campaign. And so what I expect next year is a flurry of policy initiatives from the government. Then again, maybe the government's also taking the foot off the accelerator a bit because of the dive in the polls. So maybe the government also now realizes that they're doing too much and probably too much for people to go along with this reform agenda. So we'll see. But altogether, I, I still think the government will be quite activist because they still want to make the most of the 50% majority they got in the 2020 election. Mm. So that's one thing. The other thing is, of course, we have a, a national party under new leadership. Chris Luxon has already said uh, that he wants to develop new policies and um, he's made a good start, I think, with his focus on education policy. And uh, he, he took a lot of our ideas that we developed over the years and it's, it's really encouraging to see that National is starting to talk about policy again rather than infighting. So, again, um, let's see how that plays out over the next 12 months. And then I think it will be quite an interesting election year in 2023. 
Absolutely, it's really reassuring to have politicians bringing new ideas into the public domain again. Can you give us a bit of a sneak peek of what the priorities are going to be for the New Zealand Initiative in 2022? I'm sure we'll have a lot to say about some of the government's reforms, but uh, what else can you tell us? Yes, um, we think that we need to be able to respond to whatever the government throws at us, and there will be quite a lot, as I mentioned before. At the same time, of course, we still want to develop new ideas for either this government or its successor, um, because we think that there are some policy issues that deserve a lot more attention, so we will be working on them. And in that context, I'm really pleased that we have now got a new education researcher joining us at the end of February, and that's Michael Johnston. He joins us from Victoria University of Wellington. He was um, Associate Dean Academic in the Faculty of Education, and Michael will join us towards the end of February, so I think it's a really great addition to our team. We have more additions um, in the pipeline, but um, I can't announce them quite yet. What I can say is um, I personally look forward to being back in our old, new office. So for our listeners who may not be aware, for the last few months we've been in temporary accommodation um, in the same building, but on a different floor. And at the same time, our old offices were renovated and apparently it's going to be ready for us next week. And I think the whole team is excited about being back in sure the are. new old <laughs> office. I think it will make a massive difference. I mean, it's, it's like a, a new lease of life, really. Um, the other thing is, of course, the initiative will turn 10 next year. I mean, who would have believed it? So it's, it's really exciting to see some of our ideas, the stuff we've been working on for a decade now, to really enter the political debate and shape the way our politicians are thinking about issues, like education. So when, when Christopher Luxon talks about the stuff that we published on, this is immensely gratifying for someone in a think tank because I've always said the think tank works, um, it takes a lot of time. You know, you, you publish your ideas and they may be brilliant, but unless a politician runs with them, they end up on the shelf. And it is very rare that you just publish an op-ed or a report and, um, you know, the uptake happens immediately. Typically what happens is you write a report, you write another report, you write 50 op-eds and... Ten years later, somebody finds it interesting. And uh, I don't think actually we're getting to this point now that we're ten years old. <laughs> so it is a bit like um, sowing some stuff and um, at some stage the harvest comes and I think this time is probably getting closer for us. Ten years, wow. Uh, how has the New Zealand Initiative positioned itself to work with oppositions and governments and different administrations over that time? Well... Um, having worked in think tanks now for, in my case, I think 16 years. Gosh. Yes. Oh, well, um, I think actually think tanks work best with the opposition, uh, no matter who is in opposition, because once you're in government, you've got the whole government apparatus behind you, and you don't need anyone else, mm -hmm. least of all a think tank. But when you're in opposition... You don't have any of that, so you need other people to give you ideas. And then it doesn't really matter whether it's a centre-left party in opposition or centre-right party in opposition, because they all need some outside voices and outside opinions. And that's my experience actually working in think tanks. So what it means for the positioning, I think, is that as a think tank, you should try to keep the doors open to every party, because at some stage in the future, every party will be in government and every party will at some stage be in opposition. So I always found it important to make sure that we're talking to parties across the spectrum. And again, I think this strategy is also bearing fruit. And it's recognized, actually, that we are an organization that is about research. I think the quality of our research is extremely good. Um, we are not there to score cheap points. We're there to develop some really good policy alternatives. 
and I can share with you, um, I, I got from a friendly pollster, Paul conducted uh, for another organization, <laughs> thank you, and uh, it asked actually about the positioning of the initiative, among other things, and that bit was shared with me. And so the thing that was interesting in that poll was that um, we were very popular among supporters of all parties. In fact, of the organizations um, surveyed, we were the only organization with a net positive rating among supporters of all parties. Every other policy organization was tilting to the left or the right. We were popular with supporters of all parties. And perhaps the greatest surprise was we were um, apparently the most popular net positive among green supporters. Wow, very interesting. Yeah, apparently not so much with ACT and National, so we have to work on that. All right, let's mix it up with a quick personal question. Uh, how are you going to spend your summer, Oliver? I look forward to a big driving holiday in the South Island. So I always find it good to get out of Wellington and uh, visit the mainland. I think that's what it's called. Right? That's the mainland, you're yeah, from, absolutely. You're from Picton. I am indeed. Yep. Um, so for, for us, it's actually a, a driving holiday around Queenstown and Omaru and Henma Springs. Fantastic. And um, I always find it quite refreshing to get out of the Wellington bubble because I think... Yeah. It, it's a bit of a cliche, but it's true. Wellington sees things differently, especially in these COVID times. And um, we did the same last year, actually, and it was quite nice to get out of this bubble, get refreshed, come back um, really positive, refreshed, not thinking too much about domestic politics, doing something different and enjoy what New Zealand has to offer. That sounds great to me. Dr. Oliver Hartwich, thanks so much for giving listeners a bit of a recap on the year and your predictions for the year ahead. Thank you. And a big thank you also to our listeners. You've increased in number quite a lot this year. On behalf of the New Zealand Initiative, I just want to thank you all um, and wish you all a thoroughly enjoyable and very Merry Christmas. We look forward to seeing you again in the new year. Stay up to date with our latest research, opinions and events. Sign up to our weekly insights newsletter at nzinitiative.org.nz.